welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. I am back this week with another episode today with the fabulous Maya Keene. She is a breathwork coach and she's also studying homeopathy right now, as well as flower essences. And so we talk about all of these things, which I love because it's such a holistic view of our bodies and our breath and how to use our breath um, to heal our bodies. And she just goes so deep. So I really, really, really appreciate this week's episode. Um, And of course, as always, I wanted to start by giving you my update. Um, This week has just been very interesting. Um, if you're taking a look at the planets that are going on around us in astrology, well, astronomy is astrology, I suppose. Um, should be crazy. We're in like Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde. And I know that means a lot of different things for all of us, depending on where our houses are. Don't ask me. I don't know what any of this is. I am by no means an expert. I am simply experiencing all of the realities of these retrogrades. And I know that we're headed for an interessante time um, with, I believe, Mercury retrograde ending um, the day of the election on November 3rd, which means, people, you should vote early. Vote early so you don't get stuck in that sticky energy on November 3rd. and who the fuck knows what's going to happen? I have no idea. So, you know, just trying to stay grounded, meditating. This breathwork episode could not come at a better time so that I am fully prepared for the realities that may come. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I'm really, really, really excited because Maya actually ends this episode today with a seven-minute breathwork meditation. So you can practice this at home. And what's even more exciting is um, Lit AF is hosting its first workshop with Maya. So I'm hoping these workshops will be monthly. And we've scheduled a breathwork meditation workshop on November 12th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. It'll be a virtual event. And it's just in time for the holidays. So it's going to be a 90-minute session. And... um, This is going to be on how to prepare, focus, ground, be in your body, set boundaries during the holiday season. Even though we're in lockdown, I'm sure a lot of you are still traveling. Um, I'm sure you've got some exciting holiday plans. And I don't know about you, but shippy cry when I go home. So much energy. Um, so much, so many different lovely personalities and just a lot of time spent with other people and not necessarily as much time as I'm used to spending by myself. So, um, if you want to start practicing breath work before the holiday season begins, highly recommend signing up. You can go to sarahcohan.com for all the information. That's S A R A H. C-O-H-A-N.com. Um, we do have some all, um, all access or sorry, access for all ticket levels um, in case the full price um, does not work for you at this moment, because we want to ma- make sure that this workshop is accessible to everyone. So yeah, I'm really, really, really excited about it. And I hope you all attend and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. 
Well, hello, Maya Keen, and welcome to Lit AF. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Maya is calling from the beautiful township, smaller city of Santa Fe, <laughs> New Mexico, where she recently moved. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is a beautiful place to be, especially during this time and everything that's going on. So happy to be here. Amazing. (laughs) And you left, so you left New York City in January. It's almost perfect timing. Yeah, we left actually the year prior. Um, Oh, wow. And then we spent a nomadic year. We spent two months here in Santa Fe first. Uh, We went to New Orleans. We did some European travel, went to Portland, Oregon, upstate New York, Boulder, Nicaragua. And then we were like, let's go back to Santa Fe. We love it there. So we officially moved in, but we had a year of stuff. Wow. (laughs) That is so cool. How fun. Yeah. It was fun. It was exhausting though. We were both ready at the end to put some roots down again. You're like, I want to nest. I totally feel that. (laughs) So fun. Tell us about your healing journey and how did you get started in breath work? Sure. Where do I begin? That's always the the real question. Um, I was always a weird kid obsessed with like health and wellness. Um, I would read, it goes as far back as like, I would read my mom's little prevention magazines, you know, the ones that like people put in bathrooms and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'd read them and be like, oh, like I need to eat more of this food or like, oh, I need to like exercise more. I'm like eight. Like, oh my God. You know, like, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I never really felt my age and I was always like really interested in things that like <laughs> kids wouldn't be normally interested in. Um, and then as I got older, I just kept evolving upon that. Um, I got into yoga really young, like probably around 12. Wow. Um, and for me, and this kind of relates to the breath work, I was so into the yoga and the poses because I could do them so well, but then I was really into the meditation and the breath work Mm. at a young age. Whereas I go to yoga class with friends and they'd be like, I don't want to do Ujjayi breath. I don't want to do that. And I'd be like, what? Like, this is the best part. Like it relaxes (laughs) me, you know, all this stuff. So it was kind of weird that I liked that stuff so young. Um, But I would say my real like the thick of my healing journey started, uh, let's see, like six years ago or so when I was living in New York, I had just moved there and I was, I was doing the, the, the party circles and, you know, just living the life that I had always dreamed of there. So very quickly I needed to balance it. Mm -hmm. So I would go to all these different like workshops and classes and try to meditate and try to, you know, have a good diet here and there and do cleanses, like, you know, ran the whole gamut. And then it was a few years after that, that I was working a job that I loved. I'd worked really hard to get there. And I went on a trip to Greece with my mom to a special Island that we've been to many times. And I come back from that trip and I'm like, I I can't, I can't do this life anymore. It was just like that. Like I looked around and I was like, my work wasn't entertaining anymore. Um, I had zero desire to pursue what I was pursuing for many years. And that kind of just shook everything up and started the deep, deep work, Mm, (laughs) Um, which 
consisted of, you know, going to as many healing workshops and healers as I could muster my worth around spending money on at that time. And, um, I started diving into the more deep transformative, like emotional healing stuff. So actually like feeling my emotions from the past. And, um, then I stumbled upon breath work and, I, like most people, you know, had known about breathwork through yoga and, you know, kundalini practices and things like that, breath of fire. I knew all those things, but I went to what was a breathwork workshop, I guess you could say, expecting to learn all these different styles. And essentially what happened was we laid down on the ground. They taught us this simple style of breathing that's all open mouth breathing. We closed our eyes. Music was played. Things were said, things were happening, but the whole time eyes are just closed doing this breathing practice. And I felt like I went to outer space and came back. Um, My friend next to me that came, who was like kind of skeptical, she was bawling her eyes out. (laughs) How healing. We come out of it and we're like, oh my God, I feel amazing. Like this is fantastic. And I look around the room and my friend just looks at me and she's like, you need to do this. Oh my God. <laughs> like, right. Like, I need wow. to be the facilitator. <laughs> wow. So it was pretty instantaneous. And I asked that teacher, you know, if there were trainings in this and she told me to email her and, um, the training wasn't for months later, but I just kind of started doing that practice and attending more classes and, um, eventually did the training, the first training and, um, the rest is kind of history with that, but it has taken me so deep into holding space for emotions that got stuck many, many, many years ago, or wow. even last week or today. Yeah. Um, but it began the process of unearthing mm. all the hurts, all the the stories that I was telling myself that or, or that others had told me that I wasn't good enough or I was too much or, um, you know, all the, all the blocks, um, mm. all the hard stuff, all the, this, you know, call it little T traumas, you know, that we have experienced in our lives. Um, I started to just unpack those and feel them. Mm. And, you know, that's the heavy, heavier part of, of the, the experience that you can have with breath work. But what that opened up for me was it opened up me seeing that a life that seemed so out of reach was actually something I could do that I was going to do that. I was going to take the steps to get out of the job that was draining me and becoming toxic, that I was going to take the steps to take a jump and try to just build something out of nothing. Um, and really invest in studying you know, these healing modalities are helping me. And at that time, breath work was really the, the one that was taking the forefront. Wow. That's incredible. That's so incredible. So what, like what other modalities were you doing like at the same time as this? I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing things kind of just for my own maintenance. Um, I was seeing uh, a healer that does some shamantic work, I was, you know, I did a Reiki training or attunement. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I mean, 
it's hard to even remember. Cause like in New- I was in New York city. So there's just so much stuff. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, you know, awkwardly dragging my partner to like these weird places. And, you know, he didn't come to all of them. I went to most by myself, but occasionally Aww. he'd be a good sport. <laughs> be like, okay. Like, <laughs> well, that was interesting. Um, yeah. But, you know, like readings with different like healers and intuitives and things like that. Um, yoga was still there, you know, um, and then, you know, lots of like personal online guided workshops and things like that to just mm-hmm. keep people with journaling and, and mm-hmm. all that. Um, and somewhere around there, I did discover flower remedies, but they didn't really hit home wow. um, till, till a, like two years ago. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I loved, I would love to talk about that yeah. as well. <laughs> How did you find flower remedies yeah, <laughs> or recently? So, yeah. So I had heard about them. I had seen them in shops, you know, like blends of them or incorporated into different tinctures and things like that. Um, but I did find this woman who was offering like just the Bach remedies as blends and she was making really interesting ones. So I tried a couple of the them and they were pretty profound. Um, it was interesting. The first time I tried them, I was so deep in the heavy lifting work of breath work that mm. they were so subtle. I hardly noticed anything was going on. Yeah. But as I started to kind of offload the old stuff, and as I started to clear out more and more space and get more sensitive, I always was sensitive, but I just put so much in the way. But as I started kind of cleaning out the vessel I was able to feel them on such a more profound way. And so I, I honestly don't even have like a moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the moment that I decided to dive into flower remedies. It was like, all of a sudden I couldn't stop thinking about them and Uh I'd like researched them and I started reading books about them. And I just had a knack for memorizing them all. There's 38 in the Bach um, set uh, that he, Dr. Bach created like in the 1920s and thirties while he was still alive. Um, so he made 38 that he felt covers like what humans need help with. Um, and then through blends, you can kind of, you know, piecemeal, like actual modern problems. Um, you know, cause like back in the day, (laughs) Mr. Bach, like at the turn of the century, you could be like, oh, they're just afraid of things. Yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. just afraid of cats. It's like, mm-hmm. well, fear now is like so loaded, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it could be a fear of being seen. It could be a fear of, <laughs> um, you know, like going outside because you're actually like afraid of like other influences or, you know, it could be so loaded. So you kind of have to dig a bit deeper. Um, and what's really helped me with that too this all kind of comes full circle, but I'm in a three-year homeopathic practitioner program. So working with classical homeopathy, um, a lot of people think homeopathy encompasses all herbal medicine and classical homeopathy is actually just, I'm sure you've seen them, but like the little sugar pellets that come in like these little vials. Yeah. Um, You know, they have them at Whole Foods and Sprouts and stuff like that. Yeah. People often take Arnica and things like that in that form. But classical homeopathy is a very traditional and effective way of applying this medicine. It's a 
roots go back to the founder um, almost two, 300 years ago. Um, and so it's really practicing in the way that he did. And then my teacher in particular is, uh, has evolved that, but, but really hasn't changed the core of it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's just applied his clinical experience to it. But as I was learning, starting to learn homeopathy, it was like these flower remedies. I was just like, I could just snap them out of like, someone could tell me something and I'd be like, yep, these three. Wow. That's incredible. Um, So that came through really clearly. And since then I've started, you know, I started making them for myself. I started making them for friends and family. And then I've just, you know, in the last, like, I guess since the start of the year have uh, been incorporating it into my practice a bit. Oh, that's so cool. But I love them. Like I, I can't get enough. That's amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) So I actually found, um, Dr. Bach through my, my dog that I had adopted about a year and a half ago. And my friend was like, you gotta get rescue remedy. It's amazing. And, Mm -hmm. and you know, we're dealing with this like high energy puppy. I've never had a dog before. Really what we need the rescue remedy for is me, (laughs) but I'm like literally like dosing my my sweet puppy Frida, just like constantly. I just like put it on a treat and I give it to her. My friend was like, okay, so every time you dose her, you got to dose yourself. I'm like, okay. Oh my gosh. I love (laughs) that. I started doing it and it was like, I don't think it was so subtle. Mm-hmm. And I was so wrapped up in like this culture shock of having a dog. I don't even know if I noticed it, but eventually like I started relaxing and a year later, Frida started relaxing, <laughs> but it was, and then I found my out about flower essences and I was like, whoa, it's the same guy. It's similar. Yeah. Brand. It's so cool. Yeah. They're amazing. Um, and it's really interesting how they find people, uh, like even me, like the first time I tried them, like I didn't really think much about it. And then all of a sudden it was like, I need to like devour everything there is about this and, wow. you know, practice on myself and friends and family. And like, you know, I just had to get in there. Like it didn't really, there was no business plan. Like I knew because I'm in healing work, I would love to incorporate them, but yeah. there wasn't, it wasn't like a very clear, like, like okay, like then I'm going to make a line and then I'm going to do this. It's like, I'm just obsessed with them. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I love that. If all those things come down the line in, you know, years, like great, yeah. but like, I'm just in love with them. And, you know, if people feel called to them, I just love to, um, to create them for, for oh, these blends. I love that. Yeah. My other, my other flower essence experience was I, um, I had this like uh, weird psychic connection with my ex and I was trying to process it and I was like seeing it, um, transmedium healer. And it was like, it was so wild as the first time that's ever happened to me. And so it was like, kind of, I was like truly believing in how we're all connected Mm -hmm. really intentionally for the first time, even though I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, is that that? It was like, Oh shit. Now I see it. You know, it's always different when you're experiencing it. And so I was like trying to journal out, journal out, journal out, like everything is sailing. And then I just started drawing this doodle that I've always drawn my entire life, but if I haven't doodled in years, uh-huh. so I'm like doodling. And then I was like, huh, I wonder what that is. And I started Googling, like, what is this like flower? And I found it was a dogwood flower. And oh, so wow. I went and got the dogwood flower essence and I've just been taking it ever since. And it's like h- totally helping me just 
stand really? in like my own spirit and like not, yeah. Like basically I'm just trying to like reorient my aura kind mm-hmm. of and like, you know, just focus on me. So yeah. been, is that what incredible. it focuses on or is that what it says it focuses on? It's actually for, it says it's for dancers and then people with traumatic childhood. So I'm like, double down right here, <laughs> Great. bring it on. <laughs> it's like traumatic childhood. It's like, who, who does it? Right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be anyone. I'm like, yep. And a dancer for sure. So, so it's definitely not for like breaking ties or right, <laughs> um, right. ancestral partnerships or anything like that. But, um, but it's been, it's been so healing and, and so radical. It's a radical way to find a healing modality, mm-hmm. like, but it's been fun. Absolutely. And I think those descriptions are often, especially, I mean, Dogwood's not in the Bach 38, but like a lot of times when I read the descriptions, like they're very limited. Um, and I get it. Like they're meant to be, you know, you can look up in a book and like pick it and take it. And there's, it's not like an herbal tincture where like, if you take the wrong one, like it might, you know, just like give you more of what you don't need type of thing. It's like literally your body won't, won't take it in if it's not for you. Um, but yeah, there's been a few that I've been interested to take on their own, um, to, that I've just had a gut instinct that I was like, I think there's more to them than this, than the text says, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, okay. So getting back to breath work, um, since, you know, that's like the, for the origin story of this, um, I would love to hear kind of what specifically have you worked out using breath work or what have you seen like other clients kind of working through using breath work? Yeah. So as I kind of alluded to, I've worked out a lot of self-worth stuff, which I still work with. Like, let's be real. I think that's a lifelong journey, but the stuff that was immediately affecting me from stepping forward into what I wanted with my life. Mm -hmm. Um, it's helped me understand that my emotions are not too much. Um, I grew up really thinking that I was too sensitive and, um, you know, sensitive to like criticism, sensitive to like, uh, people, you know, just being unintentional about like not inviting me somewhere or, you know, just crying a lot. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And it really helped me develop an acceptance that this isn't wrong with me. Mm. This is a sign that my body has always been trying to tell me. And it's a way that my system regulates. Wow. So it helped me realize that, you know, feeling grief, because I, I would say that I'm someone who holds on to a lot of grief or processes a lot of my life experience pain as grief. So, um, you know, there's anger there. Like there's a lot of people who kind of like jump to anger. But for mm-hmm. me, like I can really easily like feel grief. Wow. And it's helped me have a container to feel it in. Uh, huh. Which is probably the emotional stuff is probably the most impactful thing because most of my life I struggled due to having really intense emotions and due to uh, not really having tools or anyone validating my emotional experience. Mm. So when I found breath work, it was like, not only was I being validated when I worked with someone one-on-one, like as a facilitator for me um, or in a group, but the whole group is like having an emotional release together you know, in their own different ways. Um, but you realize, oh, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not just saying we're all in it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all express in different ways and yeah. we're all in different chapters. Um, but you know, just being able to, I mean, I would just like cry about so much or get really frustrated and usually would end up in tears. And I mean, I can still do that, but I, I'm not like just like overflowing all the time yeah. anymore. Wow. Like if I know I have a space in a container to feel my, my sadness, um, or frustrations or anger or anything, I don't have to, you know, let that spill over into my partnership or into, you know, a friend conversation I'm having. Um, I can kind of, not that that's bad, but you know, that when the spillover is happening and you don't know why that's, that's a little little right. different, I would yeah. say, than just, you know, having a great friend that holds space for you when you're sad. Right. Yes. <laughs> there is definitely a line. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I just finished reading Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Do you mm-hmm. know her? She's, oh my God, I'm obsessed with yeah. her. Um, but she talks about going to, she talks about finding breath work and it's so funny because she's like, Everyone keeps telling me to breathe. So I Googled breathing in like class in Florida and breath work, a breath work, a circle came up and she was like, you're fucking kidding me. I'm like, yeah, girl, this is real. And (laughs) she goes and she kind of describes what you described of like laying down, there's music played. And the teacher was, um, or the guide, whichever, um, it sounded was like very spiritual and like really, Mm -hmm. um, kind of wrapping the idea of the universe. She called it source into Mm -hmm. the breath work session, which I think is so cool. Yeah. Lennon literally like goes into outer space and just feels the love of like the universe wrapping around her. And yeah. <laughs> and then the woman yeah. next to her like comes out and like she heard the woman next to her is just sobbing and like everyone uh-huh. is just like going through this whole ordeal together. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of exactly what you're saying of like, we're all, we're all feeling emotions, but we're all expressing it in a different way. I just, I think that's absolutely. So yeah. And yeah, like for me, you know, the first time was kind of like, like her experience, (laughs) like kind of just feeling like, oh my gosh, like I'm just so alive and like connected. And, you know, I, I didn't really receive like a lot of clear messages, but like I had extreme energy work done on me through that session. And what's really cool about it is, um, most times in at least the style that I facilitate, uh, there is no other energy work going on other than the energy work that is happening because of your breath. So it's not like I'm like putting Reiki vibes into the room. Like there definitely are circles and facilitators who may do that. Um, but a lot do not. And this work will do it on its own. So for a facilitator, you know, it's, it's, a yes, you always have to be grounded. You always have to be practicing, um, you know, keeping yourself present and, and holding the space really strong and keeping that container and also making it, you know, trauma informed and supported. But there also is this side of like, I leave usually a group like very energized Mm. um, and not drained for instance, Mm. because I'm not like doing it. Like people are doing it themselves and I'm there to make sure they're, you know, able to do that in that container. That's amazing. Cause I feel like so many healers and, and, and this is across many other forms and techniques and stuff, not just breath work, but I feel like so many other teachers can leave that space drained because yes. they're giving all of their energy or, or whatever, or maybe it's just a different form. Um, yeah. 
That's so fascinating. That's so cool. I mean, I think a lot of healers are always trying to figure out how do I not leave a session drained, you know, whether it be one-on-one or group work. Um, And, you know, it can't, like healing work requires an extreme amount of self-care and an extreme amount of like space, at least in my experience so far. And I'm, you know, early in my journey as a facilitator and healer. But um, I think most you know, when you see healers, like even like superstar healers who like have a lot of time off, it's like, that's like necessary. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely necessary. Um, and I have like a little bit of a conflicted thing with like, you know, healers deserve a lot of abundance so they can take care of themselves. But at the same time, a lot of healing work isn't accessible. So we also need to be making healing work accessible mm-hmm. to the communities that really need it. And we need to be mm. training people in those communities to facilitate for their communities. Oh, I love that. So that's on my mind a lot, yeah. like all the time. And I, I don't have the perfect answers. And I'm definitely like, you know, looking to people who have more experience with that. But that's something that, um, you know, I think at least in the wellness world, it's it's there needs to be a breakdown of this hierarchy and a breakdown of, um, you can only attend if you can afford it and you're, you know, a privileged white person, basically not right. saying that that's the intention, but, you know, we need to be making spaces where like there's more scholarships and more free things for people to, um, come to. I love that. Yeah. And, and more, um, guides or facilitators that are of color and representing mm-hmm. uh, other communities and cultures. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's huge. I love that that's on your mind. And I think that's, you know, very of the time <laughs> of, of 2020. <laughs> yeah, if it's not on your mind, like get with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's time now. It's yeah. too late. <laughs> I love that. Oh, thanks for saying that. Um, cool. Well, what have you found are kind of the benefits of breathwork? You've talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like if you're working through something, are you using breath work to process? Are you using breath work to prepare? Like, how do you tend to? Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say like people come to me mainly out of curiosity, um, but typically if they've done it before, they're ready to come and really release some stuff. So, and I use it for this too. I use it to move big emotions. Um, you know, when I'm sitting on stuff and I know it's like, I need to have a big cry and it can help me get there and it can help me release. And then on the other side, typically I can feel this, you know, the love and I can feel myself more. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really interesting though, like in the last few months, because everything's so intense. And I think because I've done so much heavy lifting work, I've been doing breath work much less than I ever have before. But I also see that a lot of people are doing it a lot more. Mm. Um, not necessarily even working with me, just in general in the community. I think there's more, you know, access to virtual groups right now, all of that stuff. But I think there's a lot of people who, if you hadn't been doing that work, they're doing it now. Wow. <laughs> Whereas like, I've been doing it for quite a while and like I'm leaning into the more in like feminine, subtle, um, things like flower remedies that like, you know, you just kind of have to take and taking more quiet space stuff. But I've also been experimenting with like um, how breathwork might not have to be so intense all the time. Cause I do work with one style 
Um, and I think it really is powerful, but like, I've been, you know, encouraging even myself and clients to like, you know, if you want to go a lot slower, like go a lot slower. If you don't want to like let out the whole load today, like that's okay. Mm. You know, (laughs) sometimes it's too much. Like I, I know I've had times where I've purged so much and then I'm just taken out for like a week. Right. Yeah. You know? So, and and I don't know that we have the capacity or energy to do that right now. Yeah. Um, I think we're needing, everyone's needing to adapt and shift kind of how things are. And I share that just because what I share is in dramatic transformation and change right now. Yeah. Um, And I'm really like experimenting and trying to figure out, you know, where does this have a place and, um, you know, how can we make it adaptable? to the times. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, that's like been a top, I'm a member of so many different healing groups and that's been a topic of like, do we always have to be working on stuff? Like maybe, maybe we don't. <laughs> yeah. And that was like such a radical idea to me. I'm like, what do you mean? And then I was like, oh, we are going through, there's so much external stress right now. Mm-hmm. So much. And like, come November, there's going to be even more. Like that's right, going to be right. a very We're all feeling time. it already. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, do I need to keep processing or can I just kind of maintain for a little bit and then process really? as needed? And I think, you know, there's, um, there's, I mean, I, I know a lot of healers and people who talk about this, but I don't think in society there's a lot, any emphasis put on integration time. Yeah, yeah. Or processing time. So, I mean, processing is like pretty active. You can allow it just to happen and it will, but integration really is, is the feminine, you know, it's really stepping into just allowing and being and knowing that you're enough just being. And I think that that's a really important piece. And right now I think, you know, at different variations, like so much is working on us. I believe that most people are sensitive or empathic. So, you know, to certain extents, we're all feeling the weight of the world. And we, it might not be all ours to process too. Mm -hmm. You know, like it might be some of your stuff and, you know, if it comes up and it's readily available to work with and you have the resources, like, cool, like go do it. But I think, you know, like having these massive, like, shakeups and everything can be almost re-traumatizing in a way. Um, when the world feels so unstable. Yeah. So I think a lot more gentleness and a lot more like s- slowing down. <laughs> I feel like I say that all the time, <laughs> always learning from what I say to other people, but <laughs> we get the advice we need, right? <laughs> right. Like, slowing down is key. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, the whole world made us slow down this last year, this year. Literally. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. And then people started baking bread. <laughs> right. And like making gardens and yeah. yeah. It's so good. And now all of my friends are engaged or having a baby. Oh my gosh. That's, that's funny. So, it's so funny. I'm like, it makes sense. Like we're all home. Yeah. Like we've, you know, some of them have matched their person and and they're, yeah. they're making their home. They're nesting. I mean, even if more you so. can last through a quarantine with a partner, you know, like you, you know, it's probably 
you're doing okay. <laughs> you're going to do fine. You guys are going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're not out yeah. by now, like you're probably doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good sign. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so curious to hear about um, homeopathy and how that's kind of integrating into the rest of these modalities for you. Sure. <laughs> so, um, as I briefly mentioned, like I'm in this, I'm in the second year of a three-year program right now that is pretty in-depth. It's pretty intensive. Um, and just right now I'm beginning to take my, uh, they're called supervised client cases. So they are for my program and I'm just beginning to, you know, be a, like be a practitioner, but they're completely supervised by my, my facilitators from the, the course who are uh, very experienced homeopaths. Mm. So it's really fun to just like start being able to apply all the knowledge that I have just, you know, been learning for the last year and I am still continuing to learn and apply it. And I'm having like a total humility moment of just like, wow, like this is a lot harder than I expected, even though I like do really well in the course, you know, oh, so funny. <laughs> it's like, it's definitely frustrating. And mm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. it's just such a art and, um, there's so, it's so mental. Like breath work for me is very, makes me get into my body Mm -hmm. when I facilitate, which I love. Um, but homeopathy and flower remedies is very, I mean, flower remedies is like half, half. And of course with homeopathy, like I always want to be in my body when I talk to anyone, but Mm -hmm. it's less, that's the necessity. It's more you need to know a hell of a lot of information, (laughs) even though you have like a computer program that helps you find the remedy for the person and all that stuff. Um, there's just so much to apply and so much, uh, homeopathy has a really bad rap, like Mm. general, because it's been really, there haven't been regulations around it, which I'm always like, you know, there's the pros and cons of being unregulated. Um, but because of that, there's been no formality of how it's taught, no formality of how um, it's practiced. So there's been a lot of malpractice. Um, Mm. Homeopathy, what's very cool about it is it's very different from medicine as we know it. Any, and it's, it's not an Eastern medicine. It's actually was discovered by a German man. So it's actually a Western. Oh, wow. Interesting. Of course he was German. (laughs) What was his name? Samuel Hanneman is Samuel Hanneman. Love that. Um, but he just created this idea. Well, he didn't create it. It had like Hippocrates has said, had said it in his text and such too, but he believed that like cures like, so, mm-hmm. you know, when you have depression, you go to a psychiatrist and they give you antidepressants. So essentially it's suppressing whatever, or trying to balance or counteract whatever is causing you harm or, you know, not being well. If you have a headache, you don't, um, you take a a painkiller. What do you call it? Yeah. I haven't taken a painkiller in so long. I'm like, I don't even know what it's called. (laughs) But, you know, you take a painkiller and it cancels it out. But like, what happens to the headache? Does it really go away or is it just being suppressed? Mm -hmm. So what homeopathy is, looking at is the idea that when we have symptoms, so that could be, you know, excessive food cravings that could be, you know, excessive thirst or no thirst that could be. And then the things that you think of like hair loss or 
you know, back pain, um, eczema, like anything like that. We see those as we, <laughs> I'm already going there. We as Love homeopathic <laughs> like people <laughs> yes, <laughs> believe that the symptoms are trying to tell, is our body's way of, att- it's the best attempt at our body's trying to heal. Unfortunately, due to traumas, due to uh, genetic predispositions to disease, due to, you know, chemicals in our food and water, mm. due to all these things that we is, are out of our control for the most part, um, the body weakens and it can't fight as hard as it would want to. So, you know, the example I like to use is like, if you have a fever for a flu and maybe that back, the, the flu, whatever you have, it needs a fever of one point one one Oh three to fight it. Mm-hmm. But your fever is only going to one Oh two point five. So you just kind of have this like moderate fever that's not getting over the hump with homeopathy. We're going to look at all your symptoms. We're going to look at your food cravings, your thirst, your skin conditions, like all your stuff. And then also how your body's showing up with the flu. Wow. You know, some person could have the flu and they're, they're like totally, uh, you know, cold and shivery. Someone else could have the flu and like they're hot and sweating and like itchy, you know, there's different symptoms that people can manifest. So we try to find the remedy that matches the symptoms that you have. Mm. Say you have this fever and, you know, fever is indicated in this remedy with all your other symptoms. What the remedy will hopefully do is peak your fever to the 103. So you actually get over the hump. Wow. That's just an example of like how it works. It's just giving your body the extra force it needs to actually make the symptom that is actually creating pump and kind of get you to a more ameliorated pace. So it's a totally different mindset. It's different than like even Western herbalism, um, you know, where, you know, it's curing with opposites. Uh, even Chinese medicine is more curing with opposites, even though I think there's more similarities between how they work than, um, is spoken about probably. Mm. But it, that's a big challenge for, um, for, you know, making homeopathy more acceptable in the, the medical system as it works today. Amazing. Uh, because people really, it's just totally different. If you put a medical doctor who has never heard of homeopathy practice this way, they're going to be like, what the hell are you saying? Like, you're going to make me up the fever of this person who has already a high fever. And like, you know, yeah, like it sounds crazy to them. Right. Because it's, it's a, a vibration of the original plant animal or mineral, uh, it's not from animals, but like a venom would be mm, mm-hmm. of an animal sourced one, but they're just so it's like almost, um, nanoparticles of mm. what would be there. So it's not like you're actually taking the the thing that would, you know, kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I think I went really deep in there, but <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I like that. What I've heard about of homeopathy is that when you get the right, there's so many different cures for like a, a sore throat, but when you get the right one and you truly have to get the right one, and it's hard to get the right one, but when you get mm-hmm. it and you nail it, it's like, it's so powerful. Yeah. And like what's miraculous. What's challenging is like, you know, we have these 
I love that they're available in the grocery stores, but at the same time, like the things that are put on them typically mm. aren't like, for instance, there's one called Nux Vomica and I'll be like stomach pain and nausea. And it's like, not necessarily wow. <laughs> like someone may need Nux Vomica for asthma. Mm. Someone may need Nux Vomica for, you know, a broken foot. Wow. And it's, it's more about looking at the whole and, you know, when they put them in the grocery store with those, those little signs, it's, that's treating more the way that our medical system treats. Right. Um, so it's generalizing and homeopathy when practiced most effectively is individualized. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's looking at every situation differently. So it's not like giving the person the same one all the time if it's not indicated for them. Most people will need multiple homeopathic remedies over their time of doing, you know, any chronic treatment or anything like that. But, um, but it's a, it's a fascinating, fascinating medicine. And I've been working with a homeopath since I started my program for my own stuff. And I'm like amazed at what's comes up and how it feels and, um, yeah. Like you don't take it every day. You take one remedy and you, this is for, you know, depends on the treatment, but, mm. um, like typically you can take a remedy and you wait like six weeks. Wow. And it will continue, you know, kind of unfolding and you may notice things you may not. Wow. Uh, you might like notice an aggravation of certain things, which is a good sign. Mm. Um, as long as you feel better afterwards, but mm. It's really interesting. It can work on the mental, emotional, can work if you're, uh, you know, if you're someone who is like over consumed with like the injustices of the world and it's like making you, you know, is affecting your life Mm. um, in a negative way. Mm. It can help with depression and anxiety, you know, it Uh, it can go really deep. That's so cool. Talk about modern ancient medicine. That's so cool. I think... I literally think he created like a medicine for the future. Yeah, that's it's exactly what it sounds like. I'm like, if there's an apocalypse, like, and yeah. hospitals have to close. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm gonna have my kit, and I'm just gonna be like <laughs> passing it <laughs> out, prescribing to everyone. Go Santa Fe, we got this. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, okay, well, before we do a guided meditation or breath work yeah. guided whatever. Sure. Um, I never know what to call them. So I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm not trying to belittle it. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> I would <laughs> love for you to talk about your transition from moving to the big city of New York uh-huh. to Santa Fe. And you talked a little, about it a little bit, but I'm just curious how, like describe the transition and like, did you miss, I'm asking cause so many people are transitioning right yeah, now into absolutely. different locations. And I'm just curious, like, did you miss the city? Was it hard? Did mm-hmm. you find your ego was wrapped up in any of this and how have you found kind of your landing in Santa Fe. Yeah. So for me, I'd say for two years before I actually left New York, I was feeling like I wasn't in alignment with the city anymore. Um, I wasn't doing the things that I moved there for and loved. Like I was just burnout. So, so, you know, when I would love on the weekends, like going all across town to museums and stuff. Like I would just end up being home. And like, if I made it to a yoga class, like around the corner, like, yeah, I had a great day, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but I, I, it took a while for me to figure out where that was going to be. And even when we left, we didn't know where that was going to mm. be. 
Um, and that's really why we decided to do the nomadic year. Um, but essentially I was feeling so burnt out. Like I said, I couldn't take advantage of the reasons why I had moved there in the first place. And I just knew in my heart that I needed to be closer to nature. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in LA and in Santa Monica and, you know, even though it's a city and it's way more hectic now, I was 10 minutes from the beach. I was 10 minutes from the Hills. You know, I would, our weekend trips would be to like Santa Barbara, you know, like to San Inez, like to naturey spots. Always wanted to live in New York city, like a massive city. Um, and even though I always considered myself a city person, when I moved to New York, I was like, I am not a city person. Mm, (laughs) Uh, It was really challenging to not be able to like go on a hike within 20 minutes. Like you have to take a whole damn day. And if one thing goes wrong, like you're screwed, right. Um, your whole day is messed up. And so it was really a call to nature. And I think intuitively my body just knew and needed to get it to my nervous system to chill the frick out. Like you can say, fuck, it's fine. (laughs) Great. Chill the fuck out. Like I needed that to happen. And I knew that was going to be to move somewhere with more nature. Um, but then we did that year away. So that was kind of like a weaning off. Um, but I was like pumped to move. So like, I was really, really, <laughs> ready. I awesome. just like, you know, I needed to wait too for the divine timing for my partner to be ready mm. as well. Um, cause he wasn't quite there when I was. And then the nomadic year was like, kind of gave us proof that like, we didn't have to, he didn't have to be in New York for his business to thrive. Wow. He could do it anywhere. Um, for me, I was like, I had already just begun to change my career. So I was like, well, it's already kind of (laughs) uncertain and all over the place. Let's just like throw in some more stuff. (laughs) Um, but since coming here, so yes, we like unplugged a lot before we got here, but I'll say like, I mean, we, we're hoping to, you know, not have a COVID year and, um, we probably would have had way more trips to New York and to LA, um, than we have, but even being like, like we really haven't left New Mexico, um, since in, since February. So even that I like could not be happier to be here. Um, there's so much to explore it's the high desert. So we have like the Alpine mountains as well as like the vast desert rocks and spaciousness and rivers and lakes and things like that. Um, and it's just so nice to like be able to go out. And if you're on a hike and there's no one around, like you don't have to wear your mask. Like it's just so nice to have that space. And, but I will say like, it's interesting how the nervous system works and how long it takes for it to calm down. Wow. How long? <laughs> for I, mean, <you. laughs> I really think like in August was when like, wow. it really started to be like here. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. That's a long time. It's a long time, but I think, you know, as city folk, like anyone who does move to a more rural place, like they're going to, and it's not rural here, but it is compared to New York and LA. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, but more nature place or anything that has more space, like I think they're, 
needs to be, again, it's like that unplugging and just um, understanding that like, if you were plugged into this intensity and this feeling for so long, and if you are burnt out, like you're drained from it, like it takes a while for your body to like reach equilibrium again, where Mm -hmm. it can kind of be at a natural space. Oh, for sure. Yeah. My friend has a joke that everyone walking around San Francisco just has adrenal fatigue. <laughs> it's a city I mean, filled yeah. with adrenal fatigue. <laughs> yeah. And then they're taking like nor- nortropics or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, uh-huh. like, and they're optimize like, the brain, intermittent fasting. Like, <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> like, how about we just like put our feet on the ground every day? Like, how yeah. about that? <laughs> I really like that idea. <laughs> Let's do some earthing. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Um, well, I have just thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show today. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. How Thank can you. we um, get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I am on Instagram. I have a little bit of a conflicting relationship with it right now, as most people do, I think. But <laughs> but I'm there. <laughs> my handle is at Maya Keen. Just no spaces, no nothing. Um, and then my website is www.mayakeen.com. I make it real easy. Uh, that's where people can book sessions. That's where Um, I do have like a blog that I don't upkeep really. I'm still trying to figure out what my new, what I even want to talk about. Um, And, but yes, everything's on there and that is going through a bit of a revamp, but it's, uh, it's functioning and it's, it's pretty. It is very Um, pretty. I believe the (laughs) newsletter says monthly ish, which I loved. (laughs) I haven't written one in like four months. That's so great. (laughs) Quarterly. Yeah. Just have to like really unplug for a second, just yeah, reevaluate everything. You know, I think that's the the thing right now. Everyone's there's so much out there and everyone has something to say. So it's like, if you're not super clear, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to like take a step back and like figure out what I really want to talk about and share yeah. And yeah. all that stuff. So I've been in that process, but that's so great. yeah, website and Instagram are great places to get in touch. Awesome. Uh, you can, Email me too, but that's, um, can be found on my website. Awesome. And I'll link both of those Great below. And Maya's going to do an amazing breathwork, um, meditation <laughs> for us right now. So stick around. But, um, before that, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. So what I will say is this style is typically done laying down. So, you know, maybe you want to do it later. But also, (laughs) if you do want to do it now, we're not going to do too long. So um, you can sit up, just try to lean against something. And you'll see that if you did it for longer than the amount of time that we're about to do, uh, you would want to be laying down. But that's just the way that we can release the most. So um, if you do have space and time to lay down, go ahead and do that. Uh, But the breath is done as a, what we, I call it a two-part breath. Some people call it three-part. I call it two because there are two parts to the inhale. So it's all done through the mouth and it's super simple. It's intended to be that way. It's to allow us to kind of get the mind out and give the mind something to do and then allow us to kind of drop into our bodies and how we're actually feeling and let the oxygen like shake things up a bit. So 
this is what it looks like. Uh, I'm going to just describe it if you're not watching, <laughs> but we're going to do an inhale into the lower belly space first. And this isn't like, you know, a really intense pushing out of your stomach or anything like that. It's more of an intention and just a visualization of where the breath is going first. So first into that lower belly hip space, then we're going to breathe the second inhale into the chest space. So right into our hearts. And then we're going to let a nice big exhale through the mouth. So it's all mouth. And it sounds like this. And if you're watching, it looks like this. Okay. So maybe you hopped on and gave that a try with me. Um, if there's any tightness or anything feels a little funky, that's totally okay. Just take note of it and just make an, you know, a little gentle intention and just try to release a little bit more, relax a little bit more. It will get easier as you go. So we'll do six minutes of active breathing and then we'll have one minute of rest at the end. And this will just give you an example of what can be a really good daily practice um, it really doesn't go too deep under the surface. So um, typically the breathwork can give, as I mentioned, can give a lot of emotional release and such. This will just sort of get your energy moving and get the oxygen flow going um, to kind of shift things a bit. So I've used this, you know, if I'm experiencing a creative block or if I just like really just need a quick and easy kind of shit state shift, you know, just if I'm in an anxious, grumpy mood. And, and, uh, it usually helps me just clear that a little bit. So, um, yeah, whether you're sitting or laying down, if you're driving, definitely don't do this. <laughs> Please wait till you are home. It is not an on the go breathing practice. <laughs> um, but typically I would be, I would have music playing, but I'm not going to do that. We're just going to do it raw. Um, and I'm going to set us a timer. So whether you're sitting or laying down, just close your eyes. If you are sitting, take it easy with the breath. Um, I don't want you to get, you know, lightheaded or anything. And again, if at any point you feel uncomfortable or you need to stop, or you need to try this at a later time, trust yourself, trust your intuition and allow yourself to do that. But we'll just, uh, yeah, go ahead and close your eyes. We'll get started. So I'll just get you started with the pattern of the breath. And you can choose if you want to go a little faster, a little slower. Um, but it's a nice rhythm to start. So here we go. <gasps> so just keep going with that breathing. In the beginning here, it can feel a little uncomfortable, a little strange sometimes. But for this first minute or so, we're really just allowing ourselves to be with whatever we stepped in with and just beginning to allow it to release a little bit.
just beginning to find a rhythm that works for you wherever you're at today. Just beginning to feel wherever your body is leaning or wherever gravity is pulling you, just allowing yourself to release a little bit more into the pull of the ground. And I'll just ask, this is a hypothetical question that you can answer out loud if you want, or if you just want to answer to yourself. I'm just going to ask how your body's feeling. Just to bring to your presence a descriptor. Maybe it's feeling a little tight, maybe tingly, maybe it's relaxed. Whatever it is, just allowing it to be and getting that breath in. Just continuing like that. Just letting you know we're just about halfway through the active breathing portion, so just stick with this. Just noticing if maybe your body wants to breathe a bit deeper, there's any tightness or stuck spots that need a little bit more air, and just gently having the intention of directing it there, the breath that is. Just to connect with the body a little bit more, you can invite a little bit of movement if it's a shake or a wiggle or tapping on any areas that need a little movement or adjustment or just anything that the body needs. Don't have to do it for long, just for a quick minute if that works for you. Just as you're breathing, allowing the breath to go deep into the belly and expand the chest space into the heart. And that nice exhale, just releasing it all. 
This is an invitation for anyone who feels called. But I want to invite you to let out a little bit of a yell. So if you have neighbors or anyone home, you might want to cover your mouth or if you're more prepared, you can grab a pillow and place it over your mouth. If it doesn't call you right now, that's okay too. You can come back for more later. But on the count of three, we're just gonna let out a bit of a yell. So just one, two, three. And just gently releasing that and then coming back to the active breath just for a few more seconds. And then you can go ahead and release the active breath return to some nasal breathing. I want to just take a couple deep breaths. And for this final minute, just want you to feel into any sensations you feel in your body. You might feel a bit of tingling or maybe some more spaciousness. Maybe your awareness was brought to something that needs your attention. And just allowing the mind to stay super soft and gentle. Not needing to figure anything out in this exact moment. Now you can just gently begin to reemerge by doing some gentle movement, maybe into the fingers and toes, or maybe a grasping of the thighs or arms. Just feeling into your body a bit. And just to close out, we'll just take three deep breaths together. So in through the nose and out through the mouth. Here we go. Inhale. Exhale. You can really sigh it out if you want. Inhale. Exhale. One last big inhale. Exhale, releasing it all out. When you're ready, you can just gently blink open your eyes. Just letting the room come in the light. Just being really gentle. And noticing if there's anything you need, because this is a nice practice to really tap in with that a bit. So 
you know, after this, give yourself some water. Maybe you need a walk. Maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need lunch. But it's nice to give yourself whatever you're feeling because we cleared some of the static so we can actually feel within a bit. Mm, that was amazing. Thank you. How was it sitting up? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was okay? okay. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I'm like so relaxed right now. I feel like my voice just dropped like an octave or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, real earthy and grounded after a short yeah. practice like that. It's nice. Oh, so wonderful. Oh, well, thank you again, Maya. This has just been so thank fun. Thank you. Yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with you and your listeners and um yeah i i look forward to you know connecting with anyone who has questions or wants to just chat about all the things amazing, <laughs> amazing. and you can get into i'll link everything below for you guys to get in touch with maya oh thanks again this has been awesome thank you so much sarah I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and that lovely breathwork meditation. And I just want to remind you that Maya will be hosting a workshop for Lit AF listeners on Thursday, November 12th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. And this uh, meditation workshop will be focused on getting ready to ground before the holidays. What perfect timing. Um, So if you're interested in learning more, you can visit sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com. So exciting. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back for more. In the meantime, check out sarahcohan.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com.